beginning with John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Now let's go down to chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. And this is the New International Version. Now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes... He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what it is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. May my God bless the reading of his word. Well, I knew we had some extra stuff going on today, and so you would think then that I would plan a sermon that was a little bit shorter, you know? That makes sense, right? You got a little less time, so you'd plan a sermon a little... I planned ten points. I mean, you can look at this thing. We've got ten points to go there. Y'all scared now? (laughs) We'll go through fast. You better buckle in today, I'll tell you what. No, it's a, a lot of short points today, and uh, you know, usually I just have a couple of blanks on here for you, and today you've got 
I don't know, a lot of them. So if you, uh, if you, well, you did, yeah, just get your pen ready and, and maybe do some hand stretches and we'll get going with it. Um, you know, that scripture that we read today as we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit, that, that passage that Pat read, uh, you know, that it talks about, that's Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's going to send this Holy Spirit. And one of the, he calls it, a, I believe in that version, was a counselor. It's also, uh, sometimes some translations call the Holy Spirit an advocate in this passage. And when I think advocate and counselor, I think lawyers. And when I think lawyers, I don't usually think good thoughts. <laughs> so I thought we might better just loosen up a little bit first with some, uh, some funny... We'll just poke a little fun at lawyers for a minute. And now if you're a lawyer or someone you love is a lawyer, we're just having fun here, okay? It's nothing personal, nothing personal. We, when we lived in uh, Springfield not so long ago, you know you always get the lawyer ads on the, on the TV, right? And there was a lawyer up there in Springfield by the name of Brad, Brad Bradshaw. Now this guy apparently had done everything under the sun and was now a lawyer. And he was an expert in whatever you feel. Just the... You know, it says here he's a surgeon, a physician, which, isn't that the same thing? But they treat it like different things. And, and a lawyer. But the way they would advertise it, man, he could do anything, but he chose to represent you in court, you know. So you, I like this uh, spoof on it someone came up with. It says, it's hard to read, but it says, MD, JD, LC, and Ninja. <laughs> he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know what, what I, start, I started thinking about other lawyer ads I'd seen, and I thought about this one I, I grew up with in the town of Las Cruces, New Mexico, where I grew up, and I thought, well, I'd never be able to find that picture, so I'll just Google funny lawyer ads and see what it comes up with. Well, it came up with this billboard from my hometown that I didn't think I'd be able to find. This was one of the top results. This guy says, trust me, I'm a lawyer. Now, first of all, that's bad enough. But then under parentheses it says, trust me, my dogs do. Like that's going to help my feelings, that your dog trusts you. That's nice. He's even got his dogs there under his arms for you, just to prove it. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, injured, don't pull your hair out. Look up mybaldlawyer.com. <laughs> I mean, qualifications, you know. Now this one, talk about keeping it real, I guess. An honest attorney, but not enough to hurt your case. <laughs> oh my. I would venture to say uh, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit's a little bit different than that type of lawyer, that type of advocate, that type of counselor. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. But we're looking at the promise. And in that passage read for us, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said last week as we introduced this series, I believe that there is not anything about God that is more important, more relevant to our everyday lives than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one with God. We've, we talked a lot about the Trinity last week. Uh, Christians through, throughout the ages, from the beginning, have believed that there's God the Father, and that there's God the Son in the person of Jesus Christ, and then there's God the Spirit in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so often we talk about God and we talk about Jesus and we sometimes ignore the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is really the last person that we should ignore living in the day and time that we live today. Because as we'll look at from what Jesus himself says, 
He has gone and left this earth. And in his place he has sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is his presence, God's presence, living in the here and now with us today. He is a present and real help to us. He is uh, one with God. He's a person, not an it. He's a person of the Trinity. He is like God, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And beyond that, he is God come near. God hasn't just stayed up in his high heaven. He didn't just come for a moment in history. He is present and real to our lives today, and that is who the Holy Spirit is. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important for your life, for my life, and for the life of the church, and for this whole world, if we're going to see it changed. And so let's look real quick at some promises. Not only promises about the Holy Spirit, but promises of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Holy Spirit was promised to us before Jesus even arrived on the scene? Let me just share a few quick passages that prophets of God spoke about before Jesus ever came on the scene. And perhaps you're familiar with the prophets of the Old Testament. That is, again, before Jesus came, God sent people to be his mouthpiece to the people of Israel and to the world. And we have recorded what they said, uh, some of what they said, in books like Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Joel. And those are just a few. And we're going to look at some passages from those. These aren't all the examples of prophecies about the Holy Spirit, but these are some. Consider Isaiah, who said, The fortress will be abandoned, the noisy city deserted. Citadel and watchtower will become a wasteland forever, the delight of donkeys, a pasture for flocks, until the Spirit is poured on us from on high, and the desert becomes like a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. God spoke through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart your, that's, you know, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And he spoke again through the prophet Joel. And he said, Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, that there is no other, and never again will my people be shamed. And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And then right before Jesus came on the scene, we read about John the Baptist a little bit last week. And John the Baptist himself told about the Holy Spirit. And he talked about uh, that he baptizes with water for repentance, but after him will come one more powerful than he, whose sandals he's not worthy to carry, and that one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so we have all these references to the Holy Spirit before Jesus even came on the scene. And then we have what we were read today. And Jesus himself went into depth about the Holy Spirit and his relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the Father. And so we have these great promises. And throughout the New Testament, it gets real specific about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit's going to do. If he's an advocate, if he's a counselor, what do those things mean? Well, the Greek word that gets translated that way Uh, really just means helper. He's going to help us. Last week at the end of the message I said, begin to ask the Holy Spirit for help. 
And today I want to talk just a little more specifically about what kind of help I'm talking about. Because, again, throughout the New Testament we read about all these different ways, promises, about how this Holy Spirit is going to be able to help us. So get your note card ready. Here we go. We're going to blast through these, so... (laughs) What, I, what my hope is, um, by the end of this little stretch, is that you'll be able to circle off a couple of these things that really stand out to you. And you say, man, I, I'm in need of help in that area in my life today. And then you can, you've got the scripture reference there you can go look at at home later. And you can pray about those things um, past this. So we're gonna, this is just going to be kind of an overview today. He teaches and reminds The passage read for us, Jesus said, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said. Have you ever struggled to learn or to remember God's truths? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but I'm in the boat with you if that's you. Let us never think that we earthbound humans can, of our own power, grasp all the spiritual truths that there are to grasp in God's Word or just out there. We need the help of the Holy Spirit if we're going to learn God's truths, if we're going to grasp them and be able to apply them in our lives. So, the Holy Spirit can help us with that. Let's look at another one. Convicts the world. This is a way that he helps convict. I don't know if that's help, right? We read again today this passage that, if you're like me, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Jesus says, when he comes, being the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Eh? <laughs> Anyone else get lost in that one? Because <laughs> I, read, I read that about ten times this week and was still scratching my head. And so when I do that, I start looking for people smarter than me. And you can find them pretty easily nowadays if you look hard enough, uh, thanks to the World Wide Web and that kind of thing. So I found a seminary professor who had studied this in depth and knew all the, the Greek and everything in there. And I read and read. I had to read his a few times too. <laughs> and then I boiled that down for us today into what we can call the Neil translation. That I really had not much to do with. And here's what I'd like to suggest to you as just kind of a revised translation that maybe will be a little bit easier to grasp. The Holy Spirit is going to convict or prove the world wrong about, one, sin and the world's need for a Savior. Two, about who Jesus was and that Jesus now stands vindicated because the people didn't believe he was who he said he was But now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And thirdly, conviction about judgment. And that the world will indeed be judged for its way of living and along with its ruler, who is Satan. Have you ever felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life? 
it may not feel like help at the time. But maybe you have been convicted about sin, about your need for a Savior. Maybe you've been convicted about you know, not giving Jesus the credit for who he was or what he did. Maybe you've been convicted about judgment. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is meant to help bring people to repentance. It's not meant to leave you in a place where you're wallowing in guilt and condemnation forevermore. (laughs) That's not the point. That wouldn't be help. But the Holy Spirit is our helper. And so his conviction serves a purpose. And he convicts not only believers, but the world, it says. Let's look at another one. Holy Spirit prays for us. That's one way he helps. In uh, the book of John, in that passage that's referenced on your page, somewhere in there, hopefully, uh, we read, I'm sorry, it's in Romans. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he searches our hearts. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Have you ever been left speechless in a situation where you just didn't even have the words to begin praying. I imagine most of us have been there where you just feel such, I don't know, sorrow or grief or conviction or just an emotion that's so strong or a situation that is so terrible and tragic that you don't even begin to know how to pray. Be thankful for the Holy Spirit. Because one of the ways that Scripture promises that He helps us is He intercedes and prays on our behalf when we don't have the words. When we don't know how we should pray. When we're messing it all up. (laughs) The Holy Spirit helps. Next, He gives words to defend Your faith. In the New Testament, we're told that uh, Jesus told his disciples in advance, hey, when you get questioned by the religious leaders and they're going to be wanting to persecute you and beat you and all these things and they're going to put you under trial and the spotlight's going to be on you and you're not going to know what to say, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say. Now maybe we don't think that we're really persecuted much in the American church. But sometimes we are placed in situations where we need to defend our faith. Where someone at work is repeating what they read online about Christians. Or they're saying, oh, you're one of those people? (laughs) People at school or teachers that you run into in college or wherever that attack your faith. Family members who think you've gone crazy for believing all this stuff. And you wonder, how am I supposed to respond? 
Well, the burden, my friends, does not lie entirely on us. Thank goodness. We don't have to stress out about it. We can do our part to learn how we can, and to seek and to pray about how we can respond and to think about it critically and to plan to respond. But we can trust the Holy Spirit to give us the words that we need when we're in that moment so that we can speak up and trust that His will will be done. At the end of the day, you may not think you gave the most graceful speech, but the Holy Spirit can still use what you said because He has promised to be involved in those situations for us. And He helps us in that way. Another way He helps is He comforts. Have you ever felt the pain of grief or remorse or pain or depression? The Holy Spirit's often called the comforter, the encourager, and He can help. Another way He helps. He calls and he guides. There's this passage in Acts chapter 13 where they were worshiping God and the Holy Spirit showed up in the early church and said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, who we know now as Paul, the apostle, for the work which I have called them. See, the Holy Spirit is the one who calls people to do things, whether ministry of a job type like I'm doing or ministry of all different kinds that you guys are involved with. He is the one who calls and He is the one who guides our lives. And if you've ever been uncertain of your place in this world or your place in the church or where you fit in with all this, talk to the Holy Spirit about it and ask for His help because He can offer you guidance and direction for your life. He also helps in this area. Intimacy with God. There's this beautiful passage in Romans 8. That's a chapter we're going to look at in this series a lot. It says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, which is like the word Daddy. Father, and the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That always blows my mind when I read those promises. That God Almighty would choose to make a way for me to be adopted into His family and into sonship and, in a sense, brotherhood with Jesus Christ Himself. Certainly, none of us have deserved that. And yet he offers that. And it's through the Holy Spirit, Scripture teaches, that we have that intimacy with God. And that we can come to him in prayer as a child comes to their father. The Holy Spirit offers hope. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you, like Bob, watch the news sometimes. (laughs) And you might get a little bit depressed and feel a little bit hopeless by some of what you see out there in the news sometimes. Or in the circumstances of your own life when you look around at it. And you think, there is no hope. 
for me to ever get out of this situation. Or there is no hope for this world to ever get back on track the way it ought to be going. But the Holy Spirit offers us hope and offers us the opportunity to get our eyes off of the stuff of this world and put our eyes on Christ and we'll find hope in Him. Two more things. The Holy Spirit destroys the bad in us. He helps do that. Again in Romans 8. Verse 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. In other words, if you keep living life the way you always lived it, if you keep living life the world's way, then yes, you're going to die like everybody. But if By the Spirit's help, you are busy putting to death the things of your past, the things of the world's way of living. Then you will have life in Him. Not only does He destroy the bad in us, but He grows good in us. And there's a very famous passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in depth soon. It's known as the fruit of the Spirit. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are things, fruit. What is fruit? It's stuff that grows, right? It's the stuff that grows on the tree. (laughs) And the fruit of the Spirit are all these good things. So not only does the Spirit help us do away with what's bad in our lives, but He helps us to grow what's good in our lives. He's the original miracle grow, I guess you could say. It's a pretty good one, right? Well, I better wind it down. This is by no means the sum total of how God promises to help us through the Holy Spirit, but it's a great start. And you can look in your in scripture and you can look in those passages I gave you and you can look around those passages and you'll find more and more things that the Holy Spirit can help you with. But what I'd like to challenge you to do today is to just take this list that we just went through. If you didn't write them all down, that's fine. You can just kind of think back through what stands out in your head from the stuff we just talked to. Because we just breezed through ten different things. And the ones that stick out in your mind are probably the ones that you're needing the most today. But for the situation, the circumstance that you find yourself in now, what are a couple of these that, boy, I could really use some help with that. Circle them and go home and read the scripture that we breeze through today. And spend some time praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help you with those things. Because Jesus promised the advocate, the counselor, the helper. He promised one who would come and be with us and live in us and walk through our everyday faith journey with us and help us work all these things out. Thank goodness that he did that. We're going to have the praise team come back up and we're going to sing a song, one more new song about the Holy Spirit. I think you're going to catch on really fast. It's a beautiful modern hymn, rich with lyrics and truths about the Holy Spirit. And so it's going to be our song of response today. Will you stand with me? And let's pray together. Our God, thank you so much 
that you didn't just stay up in your high heaven and leave us to our own devices. Thank you so much that you didn't say, here's all the places you're wrong, now get it right, and just leave it at that. Where would we be without your help, O God? And where would we be without your Holy Spirit? So we ask God your forgiveness first off for the times where we failed to ask for your help when we needed it. For the times when we failed to recognize the person of the Holy Spirit who you sent to help us live this Christian life. I pray, Lord, that you would make us more mindful of your Spirit. Help us to pray more for your help in our lives. For these kinds of things, not just the stuff we tend to always pray about, but actually praying that you would help us live this Christian life by the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, I believe that when we do that, we're going to see this world change for Christ. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.